Hey everybody! It's your girl, Sister Goose, and I have here with me my mom, my lovely co-host. Sugar Mama. And we are Black, Black Girls, Girls Inc. And I'm so excited because this week is Men's week. week. And we are acknowledging our black men, mm-hmm. how strong and creative they are, and showing that we got good men out there, mm-hmm. okay? And mom, the guest that we have today, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he has such a beautiful soul. I read his work. His poems are so heartfelt, eye-opening, have meaning to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so good work, and I can't wait for it everyone to get to know him so please help me welcome Levin Robertson hey hello thank you for having me for the show and, and being around such a steep beautiful young lady as yourself <laughs> thank, thank you. you thank you so much so I know I asked you this before but please share with everyone how you came up with your pen name for your poem well, my my I had a original pen name was called Lala the Poet, and a lot of people still call me Lala because that's so easy to 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 remember. But Lala, that name is, I, and I and I came up with that name back in, in in the early '80s. So I I think I copyrighted that name before Lala even whoever uses it. But that's that's short for Levan Larry Levan. So. I, I said, hey, Lala is a good thing when you want to attract people. But I decided that I needed to, you know, give reference uh, to my, of course, to God above, mm-hmm. but to my earthly mother and father, which LeVan Robinson does that. LeVan, my middle name, gives reference to my father, whose name was Barry Lawrence. My name is Larry LeVan, so I give reference to him through LeVan. And Robinson is my mother's maiden name. So when I say LeVan Robinson, that's everything in a nutshell. Oh, I, I get them out the way quickly by 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 giving reference to them. You know, because without them, I wouldn't be here, literally. Yes, let's get snacks to mommy yeah. and daddy on that. Yes, yeah. thank you. All right, so, and I love this answer. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you because I love it. When did you first fall in love with poetry? I, I would say I was always strong in writing. Writing was always my favorite subject in school besides everything else. I could write, you know, I could write. That's something I felt that that special was always there when I was younger, but I never realized it until I got in high school which at age 16 years old at Overbrook High School and um, was writing and, and people was like, Barry, this is good, this is good. But I didn't realize that because of course, 16 years old, you know, I had other things on my mind. But then um, with how it really solidified itself was when I was in biology and chemistry class and I was never excited about chemistry you know, uh, the makeup of chemistry and all that other stuff. So my mind was fade away writing poetry and it faded away so much that I filled, I filled that, those classes. And I, and in 1981, class of uh, summer of 81, before why anybody else was graduated, I had to go to summer school. So that's when I realized like, whoa, this is powerful. And what, what really solidified in my soul was when I met Sonia Sanchez, the poetess, Sonia Sanchez, and she was 
impressed at age 16, but at that time I was too young and I didn't realize what the responsibility is being a poet. And she just said, Larry, I got one thing for you. Just remember this, and you should be good. Stand tall, always stand tall in your practice. So that's when, when I write, I want to be sure that I write uplifting spirit, not spiritual, because a lot of people is not, it's not religious or spiritual, but you want to come at them where you want to touch the spirit. And that's what I write to try to touch the spirit. Yes, and I love how he didn't get a chance to mention it, but I'm yeah. definitely going to say it. Yeah. He told us that poetry chose him. him. Yeah. And I thought that was so powerful that you said that. Mm-hmm. Like, poetry chose you, you, which we can see as you was explaining. Because right. you was writing poetry in your class and everything, and you didn't realize how much of a gift you had yet. So, I, yes. I, I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And I want you to know that you are going down in our history today yes. as our first ever male poet that we have ever interviewed on Black Girls Inc. Yes, you are. Okay, so I gotta set the bar high then. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're doing pretty good so far, cause. With the line, <laughs> poetry changes that. That's what I'm saying. You you doing good so far, so don't even worry about it. So, how long have you been writing poetry? Since, since on a on a professional or on a public basis, since since the uh, thirty four years thirty four years in county, uh, when I first started after the military, I started working for the post office, and it was so flu- fluent that they, the post office gave me a board. You know, where I worked, I, I had a, a, a board in the corner where they allowed me to write poetry every day, and that's when I realized how powerful it was because people was always checking out the board. Let me see what Lala has to say today. But like I said, at 22 years old, you don't realize nothing. You, I, I was young and I was, well, you know, I, I was chasing other things. But I realized that at that time, 34 years ago, that, that I had a gift, but you know, it didn't it, it marinate or uh, resonate until later on in my years as I got mature and more settled. Yeah. I, th- I think that's wonderful. He said they gave him a board. Mm. If that don't well, say something like that. You got a lot of the post office. Yeah, but I'm saying they looking for it at the board. So you, yeah. you had a powerful gift. Yeah. But I know what you mean. You didn't notice, you know, exactly how much of a gift you had yet because you was young. Yes. I know yeah, too because yeah. I didn't know I had a gift from writing yet either until I was yes. 29 and now it's this year so I and, totally and, 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 but like, like, like all everybody everybody has a gift but the fact is all gifts is like a diamond now I'm using analogy as a diamond now a diamond is still a diamond look where a diamond comes from dirt you know what I mean it, it, it comes from, the, from from dirt, from and, and, and after all those years of grinding and grinding and grinding, it, 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 you know, out of that dirt comes a, a, a stone where so many people vie for. Now, when the gift that you have in you is like a diamond, you you, you it's in you, but then it, it has to take life, or someone has to God put someone in your life that's like a jeweler that'll take off the assets. Mm. Access 
diamond off you and, and refine you and make it uh, sellable for the public. And that's what all this has. We all have that gift that God puts people in our life to refine it and make it and, and polish it and get off the excess so it can be marketable and, for His will. So a diamond is still a diamond, but it just has to be fired. So all gifts that's with us is like a diamond. It just has to go through light to fire to refine it mm-hmm. and test your metal. That's what, that's what I realized. Yeah, snap to that. Snap to that, yes. That was beautiful. I could tell he's a poet just by the way he answered mm-hmm. the question. It's just so much meaningfulness in this. And that's how his poems are. Like the way he's answering his questions. That is really how he does his poem with so much meaningfulness behind it and the way he explained things. That was just beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. So, thank you. You also have a book that's already out. Can you tell everyone the title of that book and everything? What's it about? The Songs of Lala's a Poet. Now, I, I, for 34 years ago, a lot of, you know, 34 years ago, a lot of people, Larry, Lala, I get your book out. And going through your know, adversity and, and growing pains mm-hmm. to get to this point, which I would, I would change up, but I would want to go through it again. Mm-hmm. To get to this point, you know, and then after 2019, when I was was destined to go back to the school at a local college, a trade school that I, when I first came to Lexington in 2009, was able to uh, go to get a trade, and 10 years later, 2019, I happened to work for them, so I just realized that, you know, it came to me that they had a, they had a printing technology where they had a printing press, so it fell into place where, hey, you had the stuff, and I got uh, some poetry together just as an introduction as a, to the world of writing and to to this people know that I'm here by having a, a compilation of 16 poems just so people can see where I'm coming from. So that was that was uh, fortunate that that happened. And so 2019, I, I approached the, the school and they said yes in 2000. And as I said, in 2020, January, it was just, uh, I had a physical copy. So, uh, but it, I do have that, but it was something I did. So piggyback off of that, I met somebody who was an editor, a poetry editor, and uh, they was interested in my work and said, Larry, yeah, we can refine this and make it syllable. So now it's on, it's on Amazon, it's on, you know, because here's always the story 
you know, with humanity and with the, with the, the, the uh, uncertainty times now, it's a poem and everything now. It's a, because I think poetry is a, can be used as a written testimony where it has some, a mirror of self-reflection for humanity, what's going on. So, you know, I use poetry as a self-reflection or a self-awareness too. that if you're going to read poetry, I, I, you know, it could be for entertainment, but you, but as poets and writers, I think we have an obligation to awaken uh, the third eye. Yeah. Whether whether how ugly and the reality of it is that when you wake up your third eye and see what's going on in the world, it is ugly. It is ugly, but this is the world that we live in that we created. So you're just looking at stuff that you're just looking at your own mess that you made. And as a poet, we're able to uh, analyze that and, and put it in a in a way where it's where it's not so bad looking at. And just looking at humanity essence as a whole. Yeah. That's just that. The good and the bad. Yeah. That's wonderful. I, I love that. So, how many poems do you think you've written so far? Well, the what the ones that I, that I lost, my family can tell you. I, I from, from, if I had, well, I would say that it was once I had a trash bag worth of poetry oh, wow. that I used to carry carry um, in those little pads, which was over 20, 30 pads wow. in there. But that was, I was young and never really secured them, so that was lost poetry. Now, what I have now, you know, uh, I can never make up for that. Mm-hmm. But um, but the what I what I have now is over. It's got to be over, you know, three or four hundred, four hundred poems now. So, um, you know, to make up for because I could write poetry. I could write on any given day. I could write five or six poems a day, or over a hundred poems a month. So, you know, uh, that's just not even thinking about. It. That's just waking up like breathing to me. You know what I mean? So, it's effortless. That's that's what's up. Wow, he said a garbage bag full of pump. That's a lot that's of writing. That's a lot. So- and I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. My family can tell you, yeah, Larry has so much fun. And they used to tell me, keep it here. But I was always, back then, I was unstable and I wanted my stuff with me. If I knew what I knew, I would have just kept that there because I didn't realize the, you know, you don't realize what you have until you lose it, and I, you can lose you can lose that the, the physical gift. But like I said, poetry is a part of me. So you, if you look back at the stuff that I put in the Library of Congress in '88 and '89, waiting for that to come, you can see the growth from when I first started writing thirty something years on a regular in a public. Uh, basis till now, you can see the growth of what I went through in maturity. So I wouldn't change that for anything, but I wouldn't want to go through it again. <laughs> so poetry is a record for me of what I went through and what humanity is going through now. Okay, okay that's what's up. So something else that people um, might not know about Levan Robertson that I love that he shared with me is, as he said, he told you how he writes six poems a day. Mm-hmm. But he makes it his goal to write so many poems a day, so he can have so many poems a month 
So you have so many after the years. So can you explain that in more detail for people so they can understand what I'm talking about? Poet, see, when you realize your destiny, I realize I'm a poet and I wear it well. It's poetry, to be a poet and to write poetry is like someone who's a, who's a basketball player. It's in their blood. It's in their system. No matter, even, even on their bad days, they can still go out there because the love of the game is what draws them to it. The love of writing and poetry draws me to it. Even I don't want to write, it's in me. So when it comes, when it comes, I have no choice but to accept what is being written. But like I said, I have control of how much I write. And when it does, when it, when it flows like that, you know, it, I, I'd rather give quality but, you know, right now, God is blessing me with quality and quality because, like I said, I want to write enough where I, I can focus on other writings like uh, movie scripts, short stories, and, you know, other other genres besides poetry. But my genre, I will always go back to poetry. You know what I mean? Like a, like a singer, you know, be, they sing it, but then they, they, they hit off an actor. But, you know, they always be, no, they, that's their first love. So sometimes they're able to do both or they could always go back to the first love and, and branch off there. So poetry will always be my first love. But I'm going to branch off other, of other genres of writing because writing is so full. You know what I mean? So I, I love poetry and, you know, I wouldn't trade being a poet for anything. That's what's up. That is what's up, Mom. He wouldn't trade being a poetry for anything. That's love right there. That that is love. And something else. Let me explain how I found LaVon Robertson. Okay? I've been reading his poems on a group that's in Facebook of urban short stories and poems. And everybody in that group, they share their um, poems and their short stories and they even do challenge in that group where they might show a picture and you write a poem or a short story to it and i seen his work and it jumped at me like his stuff that he was saying everything jumped at me and i will show you the confirmation that god did too is that the one of the um leaders of the group she hit me up and she said, I have somebody that I think would be good for your men. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, tell me the person. And she brought up your name. And I laughed mm. and I said, I already have him. And she said, yeah, no, he told, she told, he told me. And we both started laughing because I said, that's how good his work is. That he caught my eye and you thought to tell him to me to bring him on a show. Mm-hmm. And he was chosen as writer of the week okay. for the group. So, how does it feel to have people tell you how much they love your work? Like, how do you feel as a poet when people compliment you on the words and stuff that you share with everyone? Uh, you know, to keep it humble, now, you know, we as humans, we always look for accolades. And that's something that will, will keep our spirits and, and keep what we do doing. You know, in perspective, like you're doing it for a purpose. So, I I appreciate the accolades, but like I said, to me, 
being a poet is like anything, like being like a, a doctor going to school and going to, and that's something that they love to do. So I don't, I don't, even if I didn't have acting, I would still be writing because I know that, you know, it, it's coming from God and being ordained with God himself. So it's a place for it. So I, I write with a purpose because I, not just for accolades, I write because I feel to, to be, to be an African American male in this, in this society and, and, and where so much, uh, disparity among races. I feel this is, to me, this is the way that I can even it out the ball game for me. You know what I mean? And for others to have a have a positive say and to know that despite the adversity that you have to go through, you know, you have a gift that's greater than anything that you, you know, that you go through on this earth that can trump. You have an ace card with the, in you that can trump anything that life throws at you. Yeah. And I'm hoping that if anyone who is listening right now, because we have a lot, a lot of young adults who listen to our mm-hmm. podcast and stuff now too, and older ones. And I'm hoping that LeVan Robertson is an example for you all that you can still go for your dreams, mm-hmm. no matter how old you are. You heard how he said he'd been writing poetry for years. And he officially did his one book between 2019 2020 and everything but he still was able to go for his dreams this is what he was called to do so i encourage you all to look at him as a role model that no matter how old you are it's never too late if you're a poet and you want to share your work with the world Mm -hmm. go ahead and do it don't worry about how old you are don't worry about how long it took you it just matter about now it's where you want to start now yes I really commend you for that because there's a lot of people who I met in my life where when they was at your age, they said, it's too late for me. But you're giving the example that it's never too late for me. It ain't too late until God takes me off this earth, as you said. It's like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like anything you go through life. You know, humanity, like a newborn baby is the is perfect. That's the most perfect you're gonna be at any stage of the first. The first, the, first, the seed is perfect when it's done to the ground, and the first, the, and the first bud come out. That's where it's at its most powerful from there because it's untouched and it's unfiltered. So basically, we all have that power of the unfilteredness and, and, and to be to be more. Than what we are, but there's, there's nothing greater than, than, than to have that 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 essence of a newborn child because you're able to to receive the blessings that God has, and you're able at that moment to to realize that I am powerful. But the fact is, adversity, the adversity of life will deter a lot of people because life they feel like life is stronger than them. No, you're stronger than life. You're stronger than the storms that life throw at you. You know, you just have to be steadfast in your belief and keep a positive attitude and optimistic, like I said. And, and there's nothing you can't go through. You, there's nothing you can't survive or go through in this world. And now, you got to go through different stages of maturity 
but that's what that's the, everything you do. You have to go the fire. Is the best uh, the best uh, training or the best battlefield because anybody that knows God, he's going to pick the best uh, uh, material to go battle with. Now, like a sword, like a, any a soldier, you really have this sword that when you're in battle, you don't want to hit a rock and break. Of course, so you will have to go through adversity and test your metal. Now, God is going to test you through rocks and through the, through the fires and through floods to see if you can, if you, how strong your metal is. So, your metal is, your, how strong your metal is all depends on what you build to go through in order to be strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you can be weak. You can be weak and, and, and give up. And I would tell anyone, that's not why you're here to give up. You're here to, 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 to find what, what makes you viable or validate your assistance here in this battleground. Mm. Nah, if you don't snap to that, yeah, 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 yeah. ain't no way you can't snap to that. Oh my goodness. Go ahead, LaVon Robertson. If you heard it here first, you heard what he said. If that don't touch somebody, then you you wasn't listening right, cause that was deep right there. <laughs> so normally on our show we do tea time, but today we're going to do poetry time because yay, I really, you are right, <laughs> yay! <laughs> I really want you all to hear some of Lavon Robertson's work, so you can see how good he is at making these poems and you can see his gift and you can let his words move you as it moved me. So go ahead and share a poem or two with us and we can discuss a little bit on what he said after. So go ahead. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, my first poem is called Memory. We are all part of memory's past. So while you have one another, enjoy their presence now because forever is not meant physically to last. Mm. Every moment together is precious and amazing gift. Then sitting back, it'll be a pleasant thought of them that'll give your spiritual essence a much needed boost and uplift. So what you, with sweat, blood, and tears built, you need to wholeheartedly cherish, and in times of absence, these memories throughout your heart and soul will abundantly flourish. Grateful to God, you'll be one of them. They happily and freely appear in your precious memory. Mm. That was good. I love that one. Oh, wow. You can start the next one whenever you're ready. Okay. The, the, the next. I, I, get, I, so I realize, like, a, I, I, I can get political and deep also, so... Uh, yeah. something that I can say that you know we should have a 
of this day, and this one is called Home. This earth we live in is truly a beautiful and mystical place, given to us all by our Heavenly Father to provide all we ever need, want, and desire, full of His love and awesome grace. It's our duty and responsibility to take care of it for future generations to come and to enjoy all its wonderful, earth-taking sceneries that's under its radiant and life-sustaining sun. Its vast resources is more than enough to provide a mankind's greed and ravaging of its land is causing it to negatively respond in kind. How much more of its careless and senseless abuse and will it continue to take? Getting tired and fed up with excuses to make it safer and better that mankind continues to openly make. Preparing for and anticipating its destruction, other frontiers now we want to conquer and roam, forgetting about the fact that this is and will be, and we can't possibly take care of this place we all wholly call our one and holy home. Mm. That that was good. Wow, I love that one, huh? Okay. That was a good one. Was you feeling that one, Mom? I like the part when you said the world about the memories of the past, the memories of the present. So be present. I like mm. that part. The first one. Oh, you talking about this first one? You still mm. stuck on that first mm. one? She still love your first one. <laughs> okay, I, I have another one. Yes, that's that's time. Go ahead. Call over K. With soap. With. Yes, overcame. But so much uncertainty in the world today, one state of mental health can be impacted in a most negative way. Although the clouds of darkness may darken your once sunny horizon and its beautiful landscapes, you must still be optimistic and possess a positive attitude each and every single day. The road to full recovery isn't going to be easy, but stick with your clan and at the end, you'll find that longer way to peace, happiness, and tranquility. What you eventually dealt with and overcame from your experience, others too will be inspired to do just the same. Give hope to those who hope seem going or lost to always trust God, keep the faith, and to love freely at any cost. Mm, that's one of my favorite poems. That's one of the ones that I first read from him, mm. Overcame. Mm. And that one makes me reflect on myself because I feel like I overcame. Once I wrote my book and started this show, you know, because it was rough. Mm-hmm. But I, I found me again, you know, with the mental health thing. I found me again. And I stuck that's with my class and I overcame. So that poem that you just read, that's my favorite poem out of all of your poems. I just want you to know. And, that, and, and I, have, I have begun to really write, so this is just a touch in the circuit. Okay. Okay. We got customers. Hey. I have good ideas. Right? You got a very funny sense of humor. I love that. I really yeah, did. Okay. If you like, you can read one more. It's up to you. Okay. Uh, 
this is this is a little bit deeper dealing with the uh, essence of our of our black so this one is called cry the fiber of my being is constantly fighting a systematic racism that has built this structure so high around me that it's humanly impossible to climb. The psychological effect silly falls by brainwash and destituted mind. This has transformed and ma- manipulated the portals of time and looking for a way out, but I'm a slave still to the implementation of the blueprint of the plantation mentality. Through whips, chains, and fear, my essence was broken and sold into a destiny of despair. I loudly screamed, but no one could hear or even care. I was the still am a man created magnificently in the image of the Most High, a much greater entity, but yet from this atrocity grew strong from the outside, but inside still I cried. That was that that was meant for what's going on with everything right now. That that was a good one. That really look. You made me hit some seriousness with that one right there. That was a good one. I I love your poems, Levine. I really do. And like you said, I love how you balance it out where you have sweet ones, you know, the sweet part of life and you have ones that make you really reflect on life and show the struggle of life but i love how you show how you can overcome it in there like i feel like it's your little testimonies that you're sharing with us but i feel like you wrote some of them for for us you know for your audience for for me you know you don't know me but i feel like you wrote it for me (laughs) and that's what i that's what i write that's the purpose of writing because you have to put yourself you if you have a voice you have, you have a voice in that. It's like a lot of people have voices, but they use their voice for their own purpose. Now, when you are desperate to have a voice, you have to speak for the destitute and the downtrodden because they they looking for ways to, to speak, but their voices are stagnated and stabby. So you have a gift to, to speak for them. You have to represent for them. For, for your fellow man that can't speak for himself. So when, so when, when Moses, when God said, Moses, go into, go into Egypt and, 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 and speak to the spouse, he's like, well, Lord, I, you know, I, I, these guys are, these guys are the top of the, the top of the food chain. Here I am in just a shepherd and I can't even speak well. You know what I mean? How you were, How can I speak for millions when I can't even, when I stutter? God said, at the time when the time comes, mm-hmm. I got to you. Yes. That, and that, to me, explains you right there. Because when the time comes, he got you. Because mm-hmm. I feel the words that you were saying. It touches my heart. It touches my soul. It makes me reflect on my own life. And that's what I love about people who do poetry, that I feel like y'all's, your gender in writing is the most, um, how do I want to say it? Like the most heartfelt, heartfelt emotional one that makes people reflect on their self. Because it's not yes. a story about a character. It's a story about anyone. It could yes. be you. 
And that's what I really love about poetry. Because, I look, I can't really write poetry. I guess songs is kind of poems, but not really. But I, I love poetry, and I really commend you for your poetry. You, you are such a good poet. And just snap for one more time, Mom. Thank you for sharing your poems with us. Well, thank you. Yes. Do, do you ever have people request for you to read any poems? Because I know you uh, don't have people ask you. I have, I, lately I've been doing a lot of virtual uh, poetry readers, and um, I, like I said, I met, I met a, a poetry editor that keeps me, that keeps me abreast of, of what's going on and get, and get me out there because before this pandemic, Barbie and um, his esteemed mother, I, I was doing, I was doing a physical poetry readers going out physically and doing poetry readings around Philadelphia and in the Lancaster area but being being and I was building a little audience but now being that this uh this pandemic everybody is on the computer but you can but now they do the virtual poetry readings through Zoom which is which is why which is touches on all countries and all places and places that you would even thought about poetry at so you know, it's a blessing that it happens. I'm gonna be out there physically because you hear you get a chance to see the audience. But also, you know, when you're doing it over the phone or Zoom, you still get the same effect. It's mm-hmm. a wider, much wider um, audience space. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because I, I feel that way with this show, show too. So I understand exactly what you mean. So. What is your next plans for yourself after this? Do you see yourself maybe writing another book? Or- I, I, I have, Barbie, I have enough for, I have enough material to, that I don't have to write poetry for the next, for, for, for years to come. Mm-hmm. I have enough material, but I say hundreds of poetry, hundreds and hundreds of poems. I have hundreds and hundreds of poems. Yes, you do. That's like, that's, I'm right, like what I read you. So the quality is there, but I I want to write out and and write short stories and plays and um and movies and movie scripts. So I want to write out into the the, the another junior of of writing, uh, which more is more of uh, I would call interactive. Writing, writing sitcoms, writing short stories about your life, what you went through, because we all have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. But like I said, but I, I feel that I, I like to entertain to get to share the message that you can overcome no matter what life goes matter what don't have control now. You grow up to dictate and realize you can. As you said, a robot was the one who similar, similar uh, incidents, and they can see and hear and feel the little and put it quickly. Hold on, say some of that again because it was going in and out. So just repeat what you were saying again because it was going in and out. So. Will you, will you, uh, you can, will you be a role model? For other people that may be going through similar uh, 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 circumstances, yeah. and you may not have the control of 
you know, you are, you, you are, God allows you to grow to have a say, you know, maybe not in, in, in a way that you're, that you grew up, but you do have a, a, a responsibility for the next generation to leave a blueprint of, of, of roads, you know, like a map of, of certain roads not to take and a road to prosperity. Now, anybody got to have their own road, but if you can give the base, a person's basic coordinates, like, hey, try these coordinates, thinking you can set them on their own road to success and tranquility and peace. And once you find that, there's nothing like that. There's, no matter what you go through in life, you're going to you gonna realize that that's just a temporary thing. And you gotta you gotta bounce back stronger than what you what you what you uh, account, and you wanna be that role model for a person. Not to say you know, oh, I wanna be like him, but hey, that's a it's a roadmap to say, hey, I could be I could I could go through where he went through and come out you know successful just like him, or even better. Yep, you're right. You're right, and. Levan Robertson is definitely setting that platform mm-hmm. for other people to see. As I said, you are a great model for young men out there, even older men out there. So you keep up the good work, which I know you will. And I pray that your plans do come true with you doing the movies and your short stories and everything. I know that you can do it and God has a plan for you. So you keep pushing towards that. And we support you here at Black Girls yes, Inc. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And I thank God for all these, all the things that's part in life. And when you rely on God, you know, you can, you can sell out and give in and your patience can run out. But you have, that's where, that's where you have to be strong when you feel like you're giving your all and you can't give another inch. You have to dig deep inside of you to go that extra inch that, and somehow God is going to provide that strength for you and you're going to be like, oh, I would never get through this if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. Which it all comes back to him. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So everyone, please make sure you support Levin Robertson on his work. And can you let everyone know where they can go and follow you and where they can purchase your book and what the title is and everything? I don't know all your information. It's, it's on Amazon and on eKindle under the songs of Lala LeVan Robinson. You can't miss it. Um, and you want to, you know, if you, if I'm available for any other show, so, um, you know, email is writer7668 at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. So all, all this is, it, it, it plays a important fact that we all have a gift and we all have a say on how this, how, what goes on and and what kind of world why it's still here that we can live in. (laughs) That we want to live in. Yes, well, look, I will definitely have you on the show again. This is not the last time you will be on here because guess what, Mr. LeVan Robertson? What? <laughs> you are an officially a Black Girls Inc. member. And we welcome you to our group, which means you can come on anytime. And later on, probably in November, between November and December, 
I will be having another men's week where I will plan on doing you all on Zoom together. So we can have a men's week where we all talk together and you all get a chance to read a poem. And we can all talk about the poems you do. Mm -hmm. Because I really, really do want people to know about our black male Arthurs to show that we have good black men out there. Because in this time, I feel like they bash y'all so much. And they're trying to eliminate our black men. But we're, we're not having it. As the black woman of this podcast, I want you to know we support you. We stand by you. And we acknowledge you. Well, thank you. Yes. And, that, and that's a blessing. Yeah. Yes. So. so thank you for being a part of our first ever yes. Men's Week. Yes. And, and, and you will have to be credit so I can share this. And share share this interview with everyone so you so you, your show could grow and grow because that's what it's all about. Oh yes, and I thank you, and I definitely will send it to you so you can share. So, yeah. as always, I'm your girl, Sister Goose, and I'm Sugar Mama, and we are Black, Black Girls, Girls Inc. Inc. Snap you later. Yay! I mean, yay. <laughs>